We're recording this at 5 after 8 on the 3rd of December 2019, so by the time you hear this, the New Jersey coach has been fired because in a surprising twist, that team just sucks. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the podcast that is so sketchy that even Stamps.com won't sponsor us. I'm Stuart Jones and with me is Darren Plett. Hello. Darren, it's been a long couple of weeks with yeah. a lot going on. Uh, let's just talk about hockey for a little bit. <laughs> I like it. Before we uh, go any further. Let's start with our little scorecard. Oh, that's a nice, that's a good, I like that. You know, let's start uh, with that. Our, we predicted last episode how badly or how well our teams would do. And now we see how badly or how well we did predicting those things. Did that sense make any sense? I'm following. Cool. Yeah. That makes one of us. So, let's start with the Oilers, shall we? Let's do it. So, last time, I said they were going to win four out of their seven games from December 1st to recently. <laughs> I think today, but today. we might have missed let's the game. Let's call it today. Uh, and you said they were going to win five out of their seven. Yes. I'm very optimistic. Yeah. Well, they went 4-3-0. and oh. So I was correct, but you oh. were very close because we both predicted they would do well. And look at that. They did well. I think in this case, almost doesn't count at all because we have much much smaller records to uh, pursue. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. It's it's hard to be way off <laughs> yeah. in like seven games. Exactly. Wow. Okay. We just really crap on but, our skills. <laughs> no, but you got it bang on. Oh, so that's, okay. That's okay. good. Cool. Speaking of getting it bang on. The Flames, we were both less optimistic about. Naturally. Uh, I thought they would only win two out of their seven games. You thought they would win three out of their seven games. They, in fact, went three, three, and one. Yes. So you were bang on. Just squeaking out a few overtime winners in there. Yeah, so it's it's almost like we know our own teams that we pretend to know about so that we can talk about them. Yeah, people should just ignore us when we talk about the other team. Yeah. That makes sense, and right? completely take us seriously when we talk about our exactly own we're experts yep. don't you forget it proof is right there in the pudding let's go into a bit more detail i guess um i'm gonna start with the oilers because again i think i know what you're gonna talk about with the flames so. the oilers are shockingly less depressing than the flames recently so get on that yeah that that's very true uh so what i was going to talk about this time uh so remember how last episode i said we're starting to see a bit more depth scoring mm-hmm. well i've done some research oh baby and by that i mean i was on twitter and someone else had done some research <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say twitter is research but yeah, it's secondhand research but i have numbers to back up that claim now about oh, okay the, you know secondary scoring so and I will give full credit to Jack Michaels for this data. Uh, for the Flames fans who don't know, that's the Oilers radio play-by-play announcer. So the, the Battle of Alberta podcast, the podcast that takes two weeks to get actual <laughs> numbers for research. <laughs> In their first 13 games, the Oilers won eight. Okay, eight mm-hmm. out of 13, and... In those uh, eight wins, well, in all 13 games, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Neal scored 70% of the Oilers' goals. <laughs> Sustainability Watch 2019. Yeah, that is definitely questionable. <laughs> I would say that that's not sustainable. Okay, but in the next 13 games, they still won eight. So eight out of 13. Mm-hmm. Very consistent. Those three guys only had 48% of the goals. Oh. So now... I know your immediate first argument is going to be, well, that's because Neil went from like 900 <laughs> goals to two. Sure. Uh-huh. But anyways. You read my mind. 
really the point is the rest of the team went from, you know, 30% to 50% of the goals. Yeah. You know, we've seen a lot of improvement in November from, you know, Cassian who had six goals in November compared to three in October. Nuge, four goals in November to one in October. Kyra, four in November to one in October. So, yeah, again, we're seeing a lot more sort of depth scoring from those not superstar type guys. And uh, I think that's a good sign. And you know what? Frankly, I'm not going to get down on these guys for not having amazing starts like the other three did because well, the other three aren't really human. <laughs> it's true. So that's that's not normal to have that many points well, early on. You James know? Neal's human. Apparently, but uh, I don't know. The first couple of weeks, that's not normal, I guess, <laughs> maybe the word I should be saying. That's not normal to happen like that. So, you know, most people have to uh, get going and warm yeah. up a bit. So, anyways, I, I am very happy to see that. Uh, that's pretty much all I really wanted to say about the Oilers this past couple of weeks uh, is I'm seeing lots of improvement in the depth, and uh, I think that's a very good sign for the sustainability down the road. So you're telling me as a Flames fan I have no hope going forward seeing the Oilers absolutely fail because they're becoming consistent and getting depth scoring? What do I have to live for exactly? I will assure you that's not at all what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Do not worry. The Oilers could easily crap the bed at any moment. <laughs> Things were looking altogether too rosy up there. I don't know. You want to talk about the Flames? I got notes on this. I, I'm i ready to talk about the Flames. So I, I guess before we jump to that, um, I, I'm sure you'll kind of explain a little bit of the, the background, what you're going to talk about, but... I think we should just kind of preface there's a lot of coaches happening right now. <laughs> a lot of things going on with coaches right mm -hmm. now. We're only going to talk about the ones that have already been asked to leave. We're not going to speculate. Yes. So, and we'll, we'll talk about the subject as a whole, broad stroke sort of thing. And, you know, guys who are no longer at their job. We're not going to talk about anyone who's currently being accused of something or being investigated or anything like that. That'll be, you know, not current by the time I finish this sentence. Yeah, exactly. It's moving too fast for us non-insiders to really keep a beat on. But we can talk about what did happen. And as much as we were patting ourselves on the back for dodging the whole Don Cherry thing, unfortunately... Bill Peters came right down the flames pipe, so I can't dodge that, and I have to talk about it. Uh, just the tiniest bit of background, because I think most people that listen to this podcast would have had this all beaten into their skulls by now, but Flames head coach Bill Peters was accused of using, using racial slurs against a player 10 years ago when he coached for the Rockford Ice Hogs, which is uh, the farm affiliate of the Chicago Blackhawks. And recently, the player that had the slurs directed at him came out and, you know, told the story and called out Bill Peters for doing this. And um, basically other players also came forward, corroborated the story and other news about Bill Peters abusing players on the bench and just being kind of an unkind coach to people. More stories of that came out. And then there was an investigation by the Flames. It came to Bill Peters resigning after I assume what was long hours of lawyers figuring things out and they eventually went with him resigning was the best course of action so now bill peters is no longer the flames head coach because he used racial slurs 10 years ago and has allegations of being an abusive coach 
in between, including when he was a head coach in Carolina. Now, the argument I've heard against this far too much is that, well, this happened 10 years ago. Is it that big of a deal? Uh, that's not really that good of an argument, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, because... He had 10 years to apologize. He had 10 years to grow up and and basically make amends with this player. And according to the allegations, he never did. And I think that's wrong. You should never use racial slurs ever, obviously. If you're contending that as your argument, then you're wrong. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. You shouldn't use racial slurs as my favorite comedian... John Mulaney once said, if you're comparing the badness of two words and you can't even say the one word, that's the worst word. So, yeah, Bill Peters did something that is really bad. Yes, it was 10 years ago, but in an, in an entertainment industry, there's optics you have to worry about. You can't be, like, people don't want you associated with their brand if you did something like that. So, he's gone. Whether you think it's unfair or not, he's gone. He, he just is. And I am a person who has been coached at very low levels of sports, like the lowest levels of sports you can get. But I have been coached by people and call me a soft millennial or whatever you want. But coaches that care and want you to do better are way more effective than coaches that like literally kick you and call you terrible names. I don't find that motivational. <laughs> if it were me in that situation and a coach did something like that to me, I'd probably just be willing to implode my career to get out of it. So, uh, yeah, I agree with the firing. Basically, it happened. It's done. And what I would like to talk about more than the firing is where the Flames will go from here. Because Bill Peters is done. He's not coming back to Calgary. We don't need to worry about that anymore. And what we do have now is associate coach Jeff Ward who has stepped up to be the intern head coach. And I believe by stepping up, I mean he has been promoted. Congratulations, Jeff Ward. Uh, he's been coaching in various capacities for 30 years, and he's never been an NHL head coach. And reading a lot of articles recently, basically people around the NHL that have been associated with him say, it's about time that he gets a crack at it. So he's been coaching for 30 years after teaching high school was his first career. And uh, basically, he's bounced around the NHL recently as an assistant coach in a lot of capacities. He's credited with being amazing at fixing the power play in Boston. That's his big claim to fame when they won the cup. And then he was in the running for the head coaching job here in Calgary when Glenn Gullitson got it in 2016, but he didn't quite make it, I guess. Rip, because Glenn Gullitson worked out real great. But uh, now he gets basically a chance, finally. And... He's been in the news quite a bit just because of how the fallout happened and people want to see what happens to the Flames team after Bill Peters leaves. But Ward looks to be really trying to loosen up the team. He's blaring music and practices. He's trying to be really relatable. Uh, I've been reading articles and he's been saying he wants to involve the team more. He wants to be relatable. He's hanging out with players, having meetings, talking about them about stuff other than hockey. And to me... From the stuff I've read, the comparison I can draw, which most people listening to this podcast will have no idea who I'm talking about possibly, but Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs, Sue's <laughs> laughing because he knew I was going to go there probably. It's just, it's a, it's a coaching style. Greg Popovich has been coaching the Spurs for approximately 4,000 years and they've been good ever since he's coached them. And 
he basically has this coaching tree of people who've worked under him and essentially half the coaches in the NBA, the head coaches have worked under him at some point and they just go on to be other coaches. And everyone says he has this unique style where he will be so honest with you that it hurts. But at the end of the day, he loves you so much as a person that he will always talk about, like inquire about your family. People that he coached 20 years ago, he asks about specifics about their family and he takes you out for wine and he makes you pick the wine because he wants to see what kind of a wine drinker you are and he he takes the team out on his dime for dinners all the time and stuff like that and that's the kind of coach I want to see in Calgary and I want to see across the league in that mold a coach that will be hard on you in the game will help you grow but cares about you as a person and that's kind of the thing or the mold I see here in Jeff Ward so that's a lot of talk about coaching philosophy and kind of a lot of speculation on Jeff Ward. I'm I'm basically piling a lot of hope on his shoulders here. Hey, be like Greg Popovich of the NBA. <laughs> you can do that, right? But I'm pretty optimistic from all the things I saw of him. Just, you know, a coach that can relate to the players like that. And I got a quote from him uh, that I read today. And apparently he told his players that he wants more barn painting and less Picasso. <laughs> Which I think is exactly what the Flames need. <laughs> they need to stop trying to be the Picasso of hockey and start just getting down to work and putting in effort. So, lately, I mean, he's only coached two games. He had an overtime win over the Sabres, his first ever win as a head coach, and a win over the Senators. Both were low-scoring, not exactly fancy games, down in the gutter, you know, middling defense and excellent goaltending, but... To me, it's easier to build offense from a good defense than it is the other way around. And I, I hope that's what Jeff Ward is trying to get at here, that he wants the players to do the hard work first. And the fancy stuff can come later. So that's my bit on the Flames, Bill Peters, Jeff Ward, and a little bit about how they played. I, I'm a huge Flames fan, and I'm sick about hearing of the Flames recently, <laughs> honestly. I'm kind of happy this whole thing is over with. News is fun, but not that kind of news. So I wish Jeff Ward all the best, and I'm excited to see how he and this team perform going forward. In defense of that news cycle, though, I think the Flames were very well received. They were, you know, no one talked badly about the Flames yeah. throughout this whole process. They did a really good job of kind of taking their time you know maybe a few people complained it took too long but you know that's how lawyers work right so uh but yeah i think everyone including myself can admire how that was how that whole situation was handled by the flames so yeah i definitely agree um brad for living the flames gm was i mean we can say all the bad things we want to build about bill peters but he was people's friend and I doubt that he's just an evil human being, obviously. He's probably got a lot of good aspects about him. And he was a friend of people in the organization. For Brad Treliving, this was really tough. His final media appearance where he uh, came out to say that Bill Peters was resigning, he was pretty emotional because, I mean, he hired Bill Peters right as soon as he was available. And they were friends from uh, managing and coaching with Team Canada. So... I think for, for Brad Living, it's pretty impressive how he handled everything. He kept everyone up to speed, which was basically saying we're investigating. You know, we're trying to do this as much justice as possible. But 
as as far as the organization in Living goes, hats off to them for handling it with as much class as you can handle something like that. And it's tough for them to see a friend go, I'm sure, but I think they handled it as well as they possibly could have. So yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit how you were kind of talking about the coaching culture, I guess, and coaching attitudes and how that's can be done well and how it can be done very, very poorly. I think we need to stress to like a lot of people don't seem to be getting this. They're, you know, saying, Oh, all coaches are worried for their jobs and all this. Like there's a, a very big difference between being a tough and loud and, you know, sometimes angry coach. And, you know, that's not at all the same thing as being, physically or emotionally abusive Mm -hmm. right like i in no way want all nhl coaches to you know start acting like julie andrews in the sound of music and (laughs) sing about rainbows and kittens we need one coach that does that though (laughs) maybe one or two yeah (laughs) but not all 31 want to see that (laughs) because yeah there are a lot of great coaches out there who are very tough and that's fine right What's coming to an end here is sort of this era of leading through fear, right? Yeah. And I I think this shift needs to happen. I think it's needed to have happened for a long time. Um, And like on that note, specifically, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Babcock, who was let go from Toronto, not really necessarily because of any sort of allegation more just the team was doing quite poorly and Mm -hmm. they weren't responding to the coach so i guess it's somewhat related and then some things started to come out after the fact but you know this wasn't entirely a surprise to me not because not just because toronto was doing poorly (laughs) um but you know i've been hearing a lot over the past couple years about how this generation of young players that's coming up they're not responding to that fear-based approach in Mm -hmm. coaching right and, you know, uh, you kind of joked maybe it's because you're a soft millennial. I don't think that's what it is. I, I think it's more that – and I know you were kidding about yeah. that. But, uh, uh, you know, I think it's – as a society, everyone's starting to realize, like, that's not the way that people should be communicating. That's yeah. not the way that people should treat each other. So, you know, it doesn't at all surprise me that, that Babcock has struggled to find success with the Leafs uh, because of – the team that Dubas has built there, he's, you know, Dubas is all about a new way of doing things, right? And so, again, it just really doesn't surprise me with the team that he's built that they haven't been able to connect with Babcock's style and that Dubas has now made that decision to go in another direction because Babcock wasn't even hired by Dubas, right? He was hired right before Dubas was hired. So uh, it wasn't even sort of his pick. So again, none of this really sort of surprises me, but um, it'll be very interesting to see sort of how, and again, I'm not talking about coaches who are being accused of anything right now. I'm just talking about the idea of coaching as a whole and that culture of, you know, you have to be ground down to dirt in order to be you know rise up from the ashes or whatever so (laughs) like for a coach to think that i have to treat you like garbage in order to get the best out of you i think that's really going to start to change even more so than it has and uh it'll be really interesting to see how that affects the league and the sport as a whole going forward 
So we're going to do something a bit different this episode. Uh, instead of doing our own sort of Sally and score in each, we figure we've had enough sort of depressing stuff yeah, for it's one. Yeah, very scorny. For one episode, so... We're not going to do our own scorn, but we are going to do a joint Selly. Yeah. Our Selly is obviously for everyone listening to this right now because everyone really took us to task when we said, hey, I bet you we can't raise too much money in November. Everyone's like, yeah, we can. And like, wow, they surprised the heck out of us. I guess my rip them down coaching style really <laughs> got them to donate. Hey? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so at the beginning of the month, we kind of talked off mic about a, a goal Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, I don't know how many people will donate or how much. So, you know, our kind of secret behind the scenes goal was $200. Yeah. By the time we recorded the last episode, we had already raised $245. Yeah. So already, you know, surpassed our secret goal. Our standards for donations are about the same as our standards for our <laughs> hockey teams. Yep, that's fair. <laughs> so at that point, we challenged you to get that over $300. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Right? We ended the month at a combined total of $935. Baby. Like... That is triple what we told you last episode, which was only two weeks ago. Yeah. That's amazing. So, you're obviously our celebration this week. Uh, and so now, as promised, we're going to shout out the people that uh, that donated to uh, us over the past month. So, starting off our list of donors, the first person to donate to me was Nikki. Susan. Uh, Andrew. Matt. Dawson. Mike. Donald and Alma. Andrew, again. Same Andrew. Yeah. What a champ, What hey? a guy. Man. Bryce and Aaron. Dorian. And the last donor for me, D's Nuts. Not even kidding. If you want your decal, you're going to have to tell me your real name. I genuinely don't have a clue who that was. And the last donor for me was Jim. So thank you all again for your amazing stuff. Uh... If we know your name, we will reach out to you in uh, hopes of getting some sort of way of getting you these decals that you've earned by your awesome donations to a great cause. If we don't know who you are and you want a decal because you donated, uh, email us at theboapodcast at gmail.com and uh, we will work on getting those decals out to you, whether that's... Uh, mailing them to you or delivering them in person maybe i'm sure that will not be worth it for you <laughs> next and lastly on the docket we have our predictions that will take us into december 14th Stu, why don't you start us off by telling us what your prediction for the newly head coached flames are this month half of a month <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look great <laughs> But doesn't look bad. Yeah. Uh, I've got them going 500. I think they're going to win three out of their six games in the next couple weeks. They got some decently tough teams, some easier teams. Um, I think, you know, this new coach might sort of kick them in high gear as a new coach kind of sort of can. Or they might struggle with it as a new coach can affect <laughs> yeah. that as well. So, 
So basically, I'm saying that's a wash. So I don't actually know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm guessing they'll go 500. <laughs> but but a good way, good podcast filler right there. I really appreciate that. Anytime. Uh, I have the Flames going four and two. I can see them scratching out maybe a couple more wins than usual with their newfound effort level and uh, possibly with Jeff Ward getting them to put in a little bit more barn painting and a little bit less Picasso. So I'm hoping to see them go a little bit over 500 for me. And for the Oilers, okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to read off their <laughs> list of incredible opponents here. We got the Senators, the LA Kings, the Buffalo Sabres, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Minnesota Wild, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Does that exactly sound like a list of the top gangbusters to you? Uh no. No. No, not particularly. Yeah, me neither. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the Oilers going 6-0 and in the oh next boy. six games. Oh, boy. Yeah. I uh, A, I hope this jinxes them and they go 0-6. And, <laughs> and B, you don't look good unless you make bold picks, man. I'm going for it. 6-0 and Oilers. Sorry, Flames fans. Wow. Uh, I thought I was being very, very extremely way too optimistic with my 5-1. <laughs> and one. Uh because, yeah, I, you know, I think they could do that. Uh, I, <laughs> but at the same time, I've seen a lot of Oilers games. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounded like a very defeated Oilers fan. They, I guess they could do that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, obviously they're doing well right now. And, yeah, that is a pretty easy schedule. So I think they're going to win a significant majority of them. But you never know. And also 6-0, and oh, come on. <laughs> we'll see who's laughing in two weeks. I, hey, if you're right, I'll be laughing. <laughs> That's true. I just gave you a big win-win right there. Yeah, no kidding. All right, everybody. Thank you again so much for listening. And thank you so much for all those awesome donations. We raised a ton of money for a good cause. And... Honestly, all we did was grow a little bit of disgusting facial hair. Everyone listening, you were the ones that basically made this fundraising effort possible by donating money. Thank you very much. Again, we'll try to get those decals out to you. We know most of your names. D's Nuts. Paging D's Nuts, please tell me what your actual name is. I'm very curious. So thank you so much for listening. Please rate us. Please like us. Please subscribe to us, download us, and comment. Tell your friends and family. Tell everybody. <laughs> Tell your Toronto friends, Toronto fan friends, because we talked about Toronto. Yeah, we talked about Toronto. We can so, open up a whole new demographic yeah. here. Hoo-wee. Yeah. That's it, like 95% of the country, <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> At least. So if you do those things, rate us, like us, subscribe to us. That'll help get our name out there. And tell people you know, don't be ashamed. We're the ones that have to be ashamed, not you. So and we are. We're very ashamed. No, just kidding. We love doing this. It's a lot of fun, and we're so happy to see that we get a lot of support from people. So thank you for listening. Uh, our song is Lose Your Head by Apache Tomcat. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.